Welcome to Military Network Radio, where we'll bring dynamic interviews and fresh information about topics affecting your quality of life at each stage of your military service. Join us each week for information of value that improves your outlook, actions, and encourages each member of the family. Serving the military, their families, and those who care about them. Everyone serves, and together we make a difference. And now, here's your host, Linda Crater. Good morning, everyone, and welcome to Military Network Radio. We are very, very pleased that you've joined us this morning. It is a bright, beautiful morning on the East Coast, and we are going to be speaking with Tony St. Clair today about starting the new year with healthy changes that stick. I'm also joined by Pamela Stokes Eggleston as co-host this morning, and I really believe we need to start with a Happy New Year, ladies. Absolutely. Happy Happy New Year. Year. Happy New Year. (laughs) Yes. I love to think of the new year as a wipe the slate clean, start with some goals. Some people call them resolutions, whatever you may call it. When you begin a fresh new year, it's like a fresh new slate. Now, sometimes people go into real introspection. I tend to do that. I tend to look back at the year behind us and then take what I've learned and put it into the new year. And it's exciting to to kind of take a new look at beginning. But I loved when you talked to us, Tony, about healthy changes that stick because one of the most universal goals of starting a new year is having health changes, uh, exercise changes, change of mindset, uh, the way you look at things, and, and those in particular goals that you set specifically for yourself. So I am delighted to welcome you back to Military Network Radio, and I'd love to hear your perspective on how you're going to enter 2016. Well, thank you. It is a pleasure to be back. Um, I, like you, do a lot of reflection. And so I look back without judgment on 2015, uh, things that uh, that I accomplished and some of the things I didn't accomplish and asked myself why. And <laughs> some of those things I didn't accomplish weren't meant to be accomplished. They just, you know, they didn't flow. They weren't in my flow. But so for uh, 2016, um, my personal goal is to minimize limiting beliefs because mm-hmm. really that is one of the things that separates us from our goals, whether it's nutrition, whether it's uh, life goals, whether it's finding your passion. Just remove limiting beliefs. So that's one of mine. That's a smart one because I I think we often, um, what's the word, sabotage ourselves when we we make limiting goals and then it becomes a self-fulfilling prophecy. Absolutely. And, you know, the, the mind really does control so much of both our actions, our emotions, and even our health. Absolutely. Change your mindset, change your life. Mm-hmm. <laughs> That's great. I'm I'm excited for Tony to be on again. I actually um, have a question, Tony, about the new year in terms of flowing or unlimiting our possibilities with mm-hmm. regards to our health and wellness. And one of the things that I think people do at the beginning of the year is to just basically say, I'm going to have all of these um, resolutions. I want to lose weight. I want to get healthy. But they really don't know what that means. And so I was wondering if you could dive into um, perhaps doing the right things uh, versus, uh, as you say, doing things right. 
Absolutely. I'd love to talk about that. That is probably one of the biggest obstacles to people in, um, in, in meeting their goals, whether it's health or wellness or life goals. Um, it's being dogmatic. So doing things right versus doing the right things, doing things right is really a dogmatic approach and just going through the motions. So if you've been told, let's, let's deal with food. If you've been told to eat three square meals a day and two snacks in between, um, and that works for everybody. So it has to work for you. <laughs> and you're not losing weight. You don't have good energy. You still feel, ah, uh, that's called being dogmatic. And yet you continue to do it. The doing the right thing is a more targeted and specific approach based on reliable information, science, what's going on in your body and trusting your own wisdom. And it's just that simple. And those, yeah. 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 Well, life is not one size fits all. Absolutely. And, and decisions are not one size fits all. And I think that's what's so interesting when you're taking a look at the publications that come out or the news shows. And everybody's always very motivated at the beginning of the year. But if you're taking on other people's goals without taking a reflection on what works for you or what hasn't worked for you in the past, then that's not really personal growth. Right. And the goal may be perfectly okay to match a goal with somebody else's, but what's going to be different is your action steps. Mm-hmm. What's going to be different is what's going on in your body. What's going to be different is slow and steady might work for someone who's not a type A. Type A is going to go to the deep end of the pool and say, yeah, I'm, I'm there. Um, <laughs> what, I have no idea next? what you're talking about. No, of course you don't. No. <laughs> <laughs> uh, where, where other people may need a more slow and steady approach. And so you have to know who you are. You have to know, you have to stay in your lane, basically. Yeah. You know, but, you know, when you bring that up, I think that's something that so many people, they want to do the right thing. They truly do. And they make great strides at at taking steps to make their lives better and their families' lives better and just progress and personal growth and all of that. But if you don't take into account that it's okay to be kind to yourself, it's okay to take small steps that accumulate to bigger changes, um, there are some some steps along the way that I think can help people. And and you're absolutely right. Doing things right means doing things right for you. Right. Exactly. And that is the, that is the, that is the point that I want to get across to people. So, you know, it's been my practice and, and my understanding that people don't resist change. What they resist is the transitional part of change. That's letting go of the way things used to be and then taking hold the way that they subsequently becomes. So in between the letting go and taking hold, there's this chaotic but potentially creative neutral zone when things aren't the old way, um, but they're not the new way either. And this is the zone where things get murky and people feel confused and frustrated and lonely. It's like taking off, let's say you wear a size nine and you've been wearing size eight shoes all year and you're like, well, they don't fit anymore. So you have to take them off. Maybe you walk barefoot for a while and then you try on some other shoes that feel right. But in that transition period, you have to be comfortable being barefoot until you find the pair of shoes that fit right. That's the analogy I'm giving it to. So, yeah. That's a good analogy. Yeah. But I, I think also that transition is not always comfortable. No. And if people are more aware, <laughs> yeah. And, and if people really take a look at 
it, this is may not be comfortable, but I'm going to make these changes because what I've done before has gotten me what I've gotten before. Right. So right. now I need to take a, a, another look, and it's in that transition phase that some people turn back. Yes. What are some of the tips that you may have? I hate to put you on the spot, but I'm yeah. intrigued. What are some of the steps that could help people to continue to progress, even when they may feel like their feet are stuck in the mud a little bit? Okay, so one of the my my tag phrase phrases that I'm so happy to hear a lot of my clients using with other people is mm-hmm. take a good, better, best approach to mm-hmm. anything that you do. So it's not all or nothing. Between all and nothing, there's this big sea of possibilities. So if you are not ready, let's again talk about diet. If you're not ready to give up meat, right? Mm-hmm. Well, then try to find the cleanest meat that you can eat so you can reduce your toxic load. Right. So you okay. eat grass fed meat. Right. So you do that. If you're a vegetarian um, and I've met a lot of junk food vegetarians, why don't we just add. <laughs> one. Is That's that a they, term? I've that is an actual term. term. I believe it. The junk food vegetarians have come to me and their blood, their blood sugar, their blood uh, readings are just really poor. Their nutrients are, are just decimated because they're junk food vegetarians. So Can I step in and ask you one question. Sure. We're going to go on a break in about three minutes or so. Sure. But I want to, I want you to explain to people why why meat sometimes really bogs people down. Because even people who love meat, and I'm one of those that is not a vegetarian, <laughs> but I eat very small quantities, but it makes me feel logy or weighed down. Mm-hmm. And so I limit the, the portion size. So that's my way of handling it. Yes. But could you explain biologically why it does take um, some of the energy out of some people? Uh, for, for some people, it is a matter of um, meat is very hard to digest. So mm-hmm. your body already uses 70% of its energy when you eat to mobilize, to break down food. When you okay. introduce meat to the mix, it's even more difficult um, because meat is just difficult to break down. Your body has to work on removing the minerals from it. And then a lot of it is just not usable. So then it has to you know push the rest of it um, through your system. Okay. So that's, is there a that's... hierarchy of meat? So, for example, beef may make someone <laughs> Linda's feel... like, let's get to it. Let's get to it. Well, um... that's because Linda wants to know what to eat. Right. And... Oh, <laughs> okay. So, so if you sit there in a hierarchy, would beef be the most difficult and then say pork? I'm, I'm making this up as I go along. But is there a hierarchy so that people can transition, yes. as we were talking about earlier? Yes. I think the, the more fatty the meat, like pork, the more difficult it's going to be digest because you also have the protein and the fat and all that. Uh, the leaner the meat, whether you call it chicken or beef, the leaner the better. You always want to be clean and grass-fed because in addition to the meat, you're also getting the antibiotics and the other stuff that they feed them and the growth hormones. So right. as women, uh, we don't need that extra estrogen, right? We don't really need to be, you know plumped up anymore. So you want to make sure your meat is clean and lean and no antibiotics and no growth hormones. Um, On the bottom of the scale, seafood is awful. It's just simply because the water is so dirty and the mercury and all that. So that to me, that's very, very dangerous. Now, that's very interesting to people listening, I'm sure, because Mm -hmm. I think people go to a restaurant and they pick out the fish because that's the, quote, healthier alternative. It can be if you know where it was, where Swimming. it swam. Yeah. <laughs> it can be if you know it doesn't have mercury. It can be if you know that, you know, it's the, it, it doesn't have, it wasn't farm raised, meaning, you know, they use antibiotics and other stuff. 
Yeah. Is that the same for sushi? It's, uh, you know, again, you go down to bottom feeders too. They, you know, they eat the stuff that the other fish don't eat. I, I just, I honestly, I just, I cannot promote, I just can't promote fish. I just, <laughs> I just, I just, because I've. The horror, Tony. The I horror. just can't. I'm using, <laughs> I didn't mean to put you on horror zone for the no, beginning of our, our program. But, but I, I think it's very interesting how there are, are different outlooks on all of these things. But this is the kind of information that I, I know all of us would like to hear and then make our own personal choices as to. Right where we go and what we prioritize and as we go. So we are going to go on a very short break very soon. And Tony and Pam, it is a delight to be talking about all these things. And thank you for entertaining yes. all of my questions. Cool. There will be many more. We're going okay. to go on a short break. for listening to Military Network Radio. We're Military Network Radio, and we'll be right back after these short messages. and motivation every Friday at noon Eastern Standard Time. Learn how to maximize your mojo and just say no to the status quo. Get inspired and motivated by a fun-loving coach who knows what it's like to get through this thing called life. With your high on life coach, Audra Irwin, each Friday at 11 a.m. Central Standard Time and 12 noon Eastern. In today's business world, a helping hand or idea that doesn't come with an invoice is a treasured find. And if that happens to you, then you need to pay it forward to keep other entrepreneurs from making mistakes or getting a raw deal. It's called Paying It Forward with Josephine Girasi. Wednesday mornings at 10, 9 a.m. Central, Josephine is going to have the guests describe their accomplishments, the lessons they've learned, both good and bad, and then sharing those pieces of knowledge as we create a movement of Paying It Forward. For more information about Josephine, her business, and background, you can go to MyMomKnowsBest.com. Josephine Girasi has always been a problem solver. She saw this need and has turned it into a movement. It's Paying It Forward with tips, tools, advice, and hard lessons learned. These pieces of knowledge can make a huge difference for you, your business, and others. So join us for Paying It Forward with Josephine Girasi, Wednesday mornings at 10 a.m., 9 a.m. Central on Doginet.com. Welcome back to Military Network Radio, serving the military, their families, and those who care about them. Together, we make a difference. Welcome back to Military Network Radio. We're continuing our discussion with Tony St. Clair about making lifestyle changes that stick. And Tony, it's my personal belief that many times people make goals, resolutions, whatever you would like to call them for each year. And then when they don't achieve those goals in the first three weeks of a new year, um, they really become discouraged or they turn back and say, "It's ne never mind, I always break my resolutions anyway, I'm just going to go back to the way it was. Mm -hmm. And part of that, I think, is being... Uh, comfortable in where you were, you know, the comfort zone for people is very different for each person. And we talked about the transition. So can you help us again, it's going back to the earlier question of 
with the tips on the progress steps that will get you through transition and possibly get you into a much better place so that a year from now, you're looking back and saying, I can't believe I did all I did. What am I going to do this next year? I love that. Okay, so my next tip is to focus on progress, not perfection. Ah, perfect. Okay. Okay, so... If you want to make real and sustainable changes in your life, part of that that progress is going to be uh, you may face some obstacles. And so when I work with my clients, we start almost immediately. That's that's the first thing I want to get out of the way. What are the obstacles between you and success? Right. Mm -hmm. All right. So we don't use those obstacles as excuses not to get the job done. We turn those obstacles into opportunities to do something different and sustainable, mm. right? Yes. So that's what we focus on, not perfection. You don't, and you're, as you're, when you're doing something different, when you're doing something new, like when you're learning a new language, you're not going to always get it right, but you just keep moving. Progress to me can be as small as, and I've told my clients this, we celebrate small victories every time we talk. What I don't care how small it is, we celebrate that. Do you know how important drinking water is? If people would just add 32 ounces minimum of water a day, they're almost halfway there to having good health because water is everything in the body, second only to air. That's, so, that's huge. Now, I have, I have a question for you. I know many people keep a gratitude journal or, yes. or, journal, or journal in general. Mm-hmm. And would this be a really good thing to add to your gratitude journal or whatever you do if you do keep track of things each day, the small victories? Absolutely, because we're, when, you, when you are grateful, and, you, and I do um, ask my clients every day to write down three things for which they are grateful, more if you can do it, but most people can't manage to muster up more than that because they live in negativity. But if you can come up with three things for which you're grateful, the heart gets full of gratitude and positivity. There's no room for negative thinking. Well, it becomes a default to default to positive instead yes. of negative. If you Always. can make it enough of a of a habit, and I think that again helps people work through transitions. Yes. So your your, I like your focus on the the positive, the small victories, and, and I'm going to ask you to digress. I'm going to go mm-hmm. down a bunny trail here. Sure. I I <laughs> want to address what you said with most people live in negativity. Yeah, I tend to yeah. agree with you, but I'd like yeah. you to explain it to our listeners, if you would. Well, we focus on what we don't have versus what we have. Mm-hmm. That's that's simply put. And I can tell you, based on my experience uh, with my own life and other and working with my clients, is if we focus on what we have and not what we don't have, then we will get to where we need to go. But if your focus is I can't, I I I, I won't, instead of I am. Well, and I will. It's very interesting. I was on a, a, a program with my dear radio mentor, Sandra Beck, yesterday, and we were talking about the effect that social media mm-hmm. may have on our positivity or our negativity. Mm-hmm. Because when have you last seen someone post something that was negative? All you see on Facebook are the positive things, the big family gatherings. Mm. You don't see the loneliness behind it, perhaps, or the Mm. seat at the table that is missing because someone has passed on during the year. Mm. So in some ways, what is your viewpoint on the effect of social media, both positive and negative? I 
First of all, I, I love social media for the sense of community because you okay. can develop you can develop you know groups of people mm-hmm. that have common goals. Mm-hmm. Um, like you know, for example, in, in 20, 2016, I'm actually working on developing a group that's basically called "Step Into Your Greatness" or "Make Lifestyle Changes That Stick." I'm still working on that, where you can have people that can come to that group safely, expose their mm-hmm. who they are. Uh, mm-hmm. And it doesn't, and you don't have to be perfect. And then you can, and other people will then start to expose um, themselves and say, okay, um, this is how I feel. I feel very vulnerable today and I'm not sure why. And the group is going to support you. And I already have a group, um, a balance your blood sugar group where people have done that. So if you have a safe group where you can just put it all out there, the good, the bad, the ugly, and have people support you, I think that's, that makes all the difference in the world. So that's the good part of it. The not so good part of it is when people um, won't stay in their own life and make their own life how it should be and want to um, cling or or um, have the life that people put on Facebook that may or may not be real. Mm-hmm. Uh, to me, if someone and I've seen people post everything, they post everything from, you know, I'm having a glass of wine in Hawaii. Aren't I the lucky one? <laughs> right. And and P.S. Your life sucks. You know. Exactly. <laughs> that's what I was referring to. Yes. Um, um, but if that's balanced with, you know, um, today is not a great day for me. You know, I, I like to see balanced posts. But people need to understand in their own lives um, that everybody has ups and downs. Everybody has imbalances. And if they choose to post, you know, that, that small positive thing that happened that day, we can celebrate them and say, hey, that's cool without judging ourselves for not having that. That's a really good one. I'm going to pull us back to where we were before I okay. took us down the rabbit trail. <laughs> one of the things that I like to say, it, it, it sort of fits in with what you're talking about in terms of living in positivity versus negativity is to always focus on your choices rather Mm -hmm. than your circumstances. Absolutely. Because if you move into a choice thing, choice always makes us feel better. Mm -hmm. Even if the choices are good, less good, and even less good, Mm -hmm. you at least know that you've got some, um, well, you've got choice. You have selections that you can make that give you a little bit of control and decision-making in your life. How do you view that approach? Oh, my gosh. So I'm all about empowering people. Mm-hmm. All the time. And so we do make room for people making choices that are less than ideal. I don't like using terms like good or bad. Okay. Um, fair enough. So we use, we use terms like less than ideal. And the reason that that's healthy is because that's where growth takes place. Right. As long as you made a choice that was conscious and aware, because that's one of the first steps, you know, that, well, I have four A's, but that's the first step is being aware. Um, if you're not aware and you're doing things unconsciously, change can't take place there. So in that awareness, and without judgment, we look at why the choice was made. Do and people often understand why the choice was made? Or are oh, they yes. surprised sometimes? Sometimes they are surprised when we peel back the layers. When we, you know, because we look at the, um, you know, wh- why did you choose this versus that? Well, because it was more convenient. Well, okay. So, and then, so, and that's real for some people. It's a, mm-hmm. it's, it's a convenience issue. So we deal with that. Or I have a client that um, came in, she's a nurse. She came in late at night and her way to reward herself for working, you know, all these odd hours is to um, do something that's less than ideal for her health and for sleeping, you know, just eating 
a lot of food. <laughs> so we had to look okay. for other ways for her to reward herself. So mm-hmm. we started looking at grounding exercises um, that would help her. Mm-hmm. Um, so, yeah, so we, we just peel back the layers. We get to the why, the why, the why, without judgment, without judgment. But we have to remove that judgment piece. Or well, never, you, never I there. agree with you entirely. And I think there is a, a huge amount of judgment, both external, but primarily internal. Mm-hmm. And so I really like that you add the why, because if there's a reason behind what you're doing, that mm-hmm. often adds the motivational piece that people, they may want to slide back. That's the comfort that they know versus the new unknown that they're stepping into. But if they can recall their why and kind of keep that, people create vision boards, dream boards, oh, yes. you know, whatever you may want, mm-hmm. but getting through that transition piece if you can keep your eye on the why, that yes. does help. How do you help them keep their eye on the why? Well, before anybody works with me, this is the first thing we talk about is the big why. And sometimes we spend up to an hour just peeling that back. Mm-hmm. And, um, and I give people an exercise, like here are your values. And then you have to write, you know, your five good things that, or, or, or your five basic um, goals that you want in life. And then we talk about the why. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Why? The big why. Um, so if, you're, if your goal is to lose weight, well, that's not good enough because that's not a big why. Well, why do you want to lose weight? Well, because I want to feel good in my body. Why do you want to feel good in your body? Um, well, because I have grandkids and I want to play with them. That's mm-hmm. your big why. Mm-hmm. So you're pretty much saying, you know, like the children ask why. And then you say, because I said, so why? You know, it's mm-hmm. kind of like that, but not mm-hmm. really, <laughs> you know, being more just open to uh, going back to your uh, previous construct of progress Mm -hmm. and how to stay in the moment of that progress and not perfection, which I love because Tony, as you know, being a yoga teacher, you Mm know, I'm always saying, look, focus on the journey, not the destination. I think people always want to arrive to something. I want to arrive 25 pounds lighter. Well, Mm -hmm. you didn't just show up there, you know, so you have to look at the, um, the progress of that. Right. right. I, I agree wholeheartedly. And I can't I can't reinforce that enough is that once we get to the big why and people are committed to that, we don't change the vision. That's your vision. What we change right. maybe would be the action steps. Right. Because that's the problem, not the vision. The vision is sound. We got that. We've got that. The issue is now the action steps aren't working for you. So we the change action steps and the commitment to right. do, and to and to ride the waves of the progress. Absolutely. But I find that once we reconnect to the vision, because when people get off track, we go straight back to the vision. We go straight yeah. back to it. Why, why are you doing it? And then they get back there. They automatically will get back on track. Yeah, this is important to me. This is my big why. But don't ever lose focus on the big why. So that's why I spend so much time helping people um, develop their vision statement. And in addition to that, we also develop um, what are your obstacles that are standing in the way of your vision? What have you tried before that's failed? Well, it hasn't worked for you. So all that is part of of doing of, of creating the vision statement and the big why. Yeah. And um, it's uncomfortable for a lot of people to do that, but we do it. Well, I think it's very valuable 
to always realize that the there is a, a bigger reason in mind that you're taking progress and doing what you're doing. I think it's also important to remind people, and perhaps we can talk about this after the break, that they didn't get where they are overnight. Mm-hmm. So there are not going to be overnight changes. We are a, a society of instant gratification. Right. If I don't see it happen this second, <laughs> um, it doesn't feel right. Life is not a text message. So I, I wonder if we could talk about that afterward. You're listening sure. to Military Network Radio. We're here with Tony St. Clair, Pam Eggleston, and myself, and we look forward to talking to you further in just a few minutes. We're Military Network Radio, and we'll be right back after these short messages. We often ask, is that all there is? Why is this happening to me? Why am I always broke? How am I going to survive this mess? Then join Dr. Geraldine Tegeloff for Nature Spirits Speak, 7 p.m. Tuesday evenings on toginet.com. Geraldine is a metaphysician, nature intuitive, and prosperity coach who shares with you how she went from totally broke to living what she would call her perfectly prosperous life. Through the combination of a wealth of metaphysical knowledge and her amazing ability as an intuitive, Geraldine brings to you the secrets of her magical journey of healing emotionally, spiritually, and financially. As with the ancient seers and master teachers, Geraldine has a unique gift of being able to connect to the simple yet profound messages brought to us by Mother Nature and happily shares these through today's note to self on her webpage, naturespiritspeak.com. If you need help with your journey, why not connect with Geraldine during her show, Nature Spirit Speak, Tuesdays at 7 p.m. Central on toginet.com. Network presents the Diva Download with Tracy and Tasha. If you think Diva is all about attitude and drama, think again. The Diva Download is the premier online radio program where girls of all ages, shapes, sizes, and colors get together to redefine what it means to be a diva so that all girls can discover their inner diva and develop a healthy sense of self-worth and self-esteem. Being a true diva means you're diverse. Involved, value-driven, and active. That's today's diva. If you want to celebrate the girl in your life through education, encouragement, empowerment, and entertainment, join us every week on Tuesdays from 6 to 7 p.m. Central Standard Time and celebrate the essence of being a girl only here on the WooHoo Radio Network. Welcome back to Military Network Radio, serving the military, their families, and those who care about them. Together, we make a difference. Welcome back to Military Network Radio, serving the military, their families, and those who care about them. Together, we make a difference. Welcome back to Military Network Radio. We're continuing our discussion with Tony St. Clair. And Pam and I are listening avidly. And on the breaks, what you cannot hear are our myriad of questions to Tony. But I'm going to go back to a point she made in our last segment where she said being aware is the first of three or four A words. And, of course, I'm very curious what are the other three. So let's go again about the aware. And then if you could... Um, extrapolate into the next three A words. I'm curious sure. to know what they are. 
All right. So we'll, re we'll revisit awareness. Awareness is knowing where you are, acknowledging where you are, understanding um, that you made a choice um, and that you are where you are because of that choice. So just being being aware that without judgment, a lot of people, again, that's the first step. Many people don't want to judge themselves. or um, So they um, they will say, well, I I just gained weight like that happened in a vacuum. You know, there, there are reasons that that happens. So we just start, we just, just, let's be aware of that without judging. And that way we can move on. That sets the foundation. The second thing is to accept that what you're doing, that's the second A, accept that what you're doing hasn't worked for you. That's remember, that's the dogmatic approach. Mm -hmm. That's removing that and being open to other things. So you need to accept that what you're doing isn't working for you. And again, we don't, demonize the person we don't i'm not going to allow people to demonize themselves we'll just say that we didn't make the most ideal choices now the way that i help people to accept that what's working for them isn't working for them is that we we deal with two issues one in the accepting part is blood tests don't lie so you know clinical tests will tell us the truth the whole truth and nothing but the truth so you have to know <laughs> that, that the blood tests are showing that you have nutritional deficiencies. The blood tests are showing that your organs aren't functioning properly. The blood tests will show that your hormones are out of balance. And, um, and, it'll, and where you are is because of, of these in, in, imbalances or deficiencies. So the other part is the wisdom part, the intuition piece, where people, everybody has that, but nobody wants to act on it. They want to excuse it like, well, you know, you know, you, let's say you... You eat something that the whole world says is good for you. And I have a client that I did that, you know, she was working on her blood sugar and she ate blueberries. And we kept saying, you know, why is your blood sugar staying up? And she said, well, you know, blueberries are low glycemic and, and all that. And then we found that she has some genetic snips where blueberries just don't work for her. They mm. just don't. So that's part of accepting, accepting that that doesn't work for you and removing it. Hmm. That's the accepting adjusting is knowing that the body is very complex. That's the third A. The body is extremely complex. So we may come up with a protocol um, that works today, but tomorrow maybe something different has to be done. So you have to flow. You have to be able to flow and adjust mm -hmm. and understand that the, the trail is not linear, that, you know, you might have to stand still. We might even have to go back to basics if something isn't quite working. But being able to adjust and of course, the, the last one is adapting. So we want, we want to make sure whatever changes that we make in life are sustainable, mm -hmm. sustainable. So we work on what's sustainable for you. And, and it may take you three years to get to point A, where it may take somebody 30, 30 seconds. And that's okay, because the end result is everybody's going to be where they can sustain. And from sustainability, you can build from there. But you have to have those successes you have to feel successful no matter how small in order to sustain. Because if you don't, you just, what's the motivation to move forward, right? Well, and I also believe that success breeds more success. Absolutely. And um, now I'm going to ask you a question about, because I, I find this with a lot of people. Yeah. What is your opinion on the importance of positive self-talk? Oh, my gosh. It is everything. It is everything. <laughs> I have had people um, come to me and instead of, because if you visualize, I am, I am thin, I am healthy, I am um, vibrant mm -hmm. versus I want to be. Mm -hmm. That's not positive. That's not committed. That's being, well, maybe it'll happen. Maybe it won't. Or instead of saying I, I am vibrant, 
Um, people will focus on, I don't want to be tired. Well, the, the, ah, so the, it's I'll, a reframing in your mind. Yes, mm-hmm. yes. So instead of saying, I don't want to be tired, how about saying, I am energetic? Well, I mean, I, I think that's a, a very common way that people mm-hmm. sabotage themselves. Absolutely. I think sometimes you don't even realize that you're doing it. Or you're very positive in certain aspects of your life, but then you're very hard on yourself in another. Yes. And for some people, that's personal. Some people, that's professional. Mm-hmm. Some people, it's family or relationships. Yeah. And and yet, if you can move into a reframing, into the positive Again, science has proved that you will actually form new neural connections that become the positive default, which is interesting because science is now backing up what we always thought, Mm -hmm. but now it really is. So what are some tips for positive self-talk? Catch it for self. Well, I have to always rely on um, my own, you know, my own personal experience and also my clients. So they're nameless. But um, I have a, a client right now who's struggling with that. She has to spend almost five hours of her day preparing different types of food for her kids because they have all types of allergies. And, and she also has her own immune deficiency. So they all kind of eating differently. So she spends mm-hmm. five hours in the kitchen. And she's finding that like, uh, you know, it's drudgery. It's mm-hmm. drudgery. So we have to find joy in that. Well, you know, those kids are here and they're vibrant and they're surviving because you're doing what you're doing. That's still not enough joy for her. It just doesn't work for her. She still feels it as drudgery. So what we're working on now is um, when she's preparing the food, I know it, it seems like a small thing. We're playing dance music or classical music mm-hmm. or we do some deep breathing and some gratitude before we make the food because she, I told her you're transferring that energy to the food. And that's actually working for her. So now instead of saying, I have to make this food, I have her say, it's a privilege to be able to provide for my family in this loving way. Mm -hmm. That is beautiful. I also think, Tony, I think that's so wonderful because, you know, I have, it's, it's a, what you have to mention, Tony, that this is really a practice, that this is progress, but it is just practice and and movement as you go forward because Mm -hmm. people because it's never, she's going to always have those children. Mm -hmm. And, you know, when I find myself doing something like um, washing dishes or things like that, you know, I have to bring myself back to that mindset. Like, where is the positive in this? I could have, and I come back to, well, I couldn't have any dishes, you know, Mm -hmm. I couldn't have a kitchen, you know, and and it's just, I have this, I'm just going to be here in this moment and make this, um, as my grandmother did, you know, meditative, just make sleeping meditative, you know, make those things meditative and yes. look up and they're done. I think that's moving. wonderful. Moving meditation. I'm, I'm a big fan of that. Um, I do that when I clean house. I do that when I clean my kitchen. I put my headphones on. I'm listening to uh, brainwave music or brainwave uh, that, you know, that sets the brain at a certain level, whether it's stress release or energy. And, and I move through the, and, and again, and I breathe deeply and you use mm-hmm. those opportunities for moving meditation because a lot of people, you know, I know we're kind of going a little bit off track, but uh, well, a lot of people think that meditation has to be two hours of sitting down and, you right. know, owning right. all over the place. Right. And we don't have that, but you know, in your daily activities, you can do moving meditation. And thank you for bringing that up. I think yes. that's, yeah. Well, what you're also bringing up is seizing the moments that are available to you for yeah. mini respite, for mini progress, for mini uh, self 
improvement. And, and those are the things that people say, I have no time. Right. Well, if you really closely take a look at, at your day and, and what you're doing, if you if you say, I will seize back time for me, because again, I, you know, everyone we know is so busy, but busyness can get in the way of finding yes. that time for yourself. So you have to intentionally find those pockets of time. Maybe they're small. Maybe it is doing the dishes or vacuuming, uh, cleaning, dusting, doing the laundry, folding the laundry, whatever it might be. Mm-hmm. But if you do seize back those little bits of time, you do, again, reframe your thoughts, which reframes your hormones, which reframes everything. Absolutely. So it, it really gets very interesting. So let's talk about hormones for a bit yeah, because sure. I think they are really coursing through us all or not, depending yes. on if there are some deficits, but they're very powerful. Yes. So hormones control every aspect of your mind, body, and spirit. Mm-hmm. Um, so even though medicine has decided that they're going to specialize in cardiology, specialize in this, specialize in that, you can't separate them. The hormones control everything. So if you have, and, and what controls hormones and what balances hormones? Thoughts and nutrition, mm-hmm. stress, sleeping. So there are five pillars that I talk to people about when, when they're out of balance. The biggest um, hormone imbalance is blood sugar. And blood sugar is kind of gateway to everything else. So um, I, I help people to manage nutrition by saying two simple things. Food is either, um, I heard this on Super Soul Sunday, so I do have to say I'm borrowing this. So food, <laughs> food like thoughts are either your toxins or your tonics. There's no in between. They don't have. A, they do not have a. Um, they 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 have uh, an effect on your body. It's not neutral, right? Mm-hmm. So every time you think a thought, it's either going to affect you negatively or affect you in a positive way. So um, yeah, hormones are everything, everything. Well, it's interesting because I think that many of our listeners are under a great deal of stress. Military yeah. families have stress in different ways than the civilian population does. Not saying they don't have it, they do too. Everyone does. But stress managed properly can be managed. And so under stress hormones, so say the cortisol, etc. Yes. As you counsel people on mm-hmm. on their stress and we have about 2 minutes left, mm-hmm. how would you say to go about really getting a handle on that toxic or tonic? outlook? Well, first we go to awareness. That first step, you have to be aware that you're releasing cortisol. And what does cortisol do? Cortisol releases sugar into the body. Whether you ate something or not, you will, it'll, your body will think you ate a candy bar, even though you didn't because you're under that much stress. So you can have blood sugar imbalances and still have low glycemic food in your body. Stress will still cause you to have blood sugar imbalances. And I'll talk to you more about that. Yeah, Yeah, I was going to say, let's take a break on this. I'd like to elaborate on that a little more than we have time for right before the break. But I think this toxic or tonic and the hormone approach works for both men and women. And it makes a huge difference in your mindset and your ability to flex and flow and adapt as you move on. So we are Military Network Radio. You're listening to Tony St. Clair impart her magnificent wisdom on how to enter with healthy changes that stick in 2016. And we are just delighted to have these kinds of really energetic, spirited discussions that raise questions that I think all of us have. So we will be back to you after a very short break. And thanks so much. Talk to you soon. 
We're Military Network Radio, and we'll be right back after these short messages. In today's business world, a helping hand or idea that doesn't come with an invoice is a treasured find. And if that happens to you, then you need to pay it forward to keep other entrepreneurs from making mistakes or getting a raw deal. It's called Paying It Forward with Josephine Girasi. Wednesday mornings at 10, 9 a.m. Central, Josephine is going to have the guests describe their accomplishments, the lessons they've learned, both good and bad, and then sharing those pieces of knowledge as we create a movement of Paying It Forward. For more information about Josephine, her business, Business and background, you can go to mymomknowsbest.com. Josephine Girasi has always been a problem solver. She saw this need and has turned it into a movement. It's paying it forward with tips, tools, and advice and hard lessons learned. These pieces of knowledge can make a huge difference for you, your business, and others. So join us for Paying It Forward with Josephine Girasi. Wednesday mornings at 10 a.m., 9 a.m. Central on toginet.com. Everybody, everybody. Listen, something is brewing. The beautiful business evolution is coming. The way we do business is about to change for the better forever. This is real business at its very best. On Beautiful Business Radio, you will learn what it means to truly prosper, how to nourish yourself and your business, how to earn what you deserve and make a difference in the world. The tide is rising. The change is here. Discover a new way to live, love, and partner with yourself and your business on Philippa Rollins presents Beautiful Business Radio, where you matter and your business thrives every Tuesday at 3 p.m. Central Standard Time, only here on the WooHoo Radio Network. Welcome back to Military Network Radio, serving the military, their families, and those who care about them. Together, we make a difference. Welcome back to Military Network Radio. I am really intrigued by the toxic or tonic, the hormonal imbalance, etc. Because on the break, we were talking about the effect that PTSD has on all of these hormones that come into play, both men and women. We're not only talking about hormones for women that are, are obvious, a little more obvious than they are in men, but, but Tony... PTSD does generate, depending on the reaction and what's going on, a lot of cascading hormones. And it is now being looked at as a neuroendocrine disorder. And both sides are being treated, both physical, psychological, etc. Can we please talk about some of the hormones that flow, some management, if at all possible, guidance that you can provide, and why it is so important to understand that it has two components, a physiological component and a psychological component? Absolutely. So with, um, as, you, as you mentioned earlier, and I think it's, it's important to tell people that um, hormones rule your entire body. It's not just um, you know, when we think about hormones, we think about women's hormones, you know, right. hormones, you have hormones in your gut, you know, you have hormones mm-hmm. in your organs, you have hormones everywhere in your body. So um, usually with um, people that have PTSD, those hormones have gotten out of balance and they could be hormones from everywhere from your gut to your blood sugar to adrenal fatigue to thyroid imbalances because of the PTSD, which stems from not sleeping properly to going back and especially cortisol. That's the big one because right. the, the, uh, the person that's experiencing that is constantly experiencing what they're experiencing. 
right? So cortisol is draining everything. So with cortisol release, you have blood sugar imbalance. And with blood sugar imbalances, you also have problems with your gut. With your gut, you have adrenal fatigue and all those hormones that control that. So we have to get back to the root cause. I'm a root cause person. Mm -hmm. No, we get back to the root cause of the hormone imbalances, which could, and yes, stress is a big part of it. But let me tell you, food is a close second. Interesting. Yeah, food is a close second. So if you're not eating the foods that are going to fire up those neurotransmitters to make you feel good, to give you those, you know, those endorphins and all that, then um, there, uh, it's interesting. And I won't go into a science discussion here, but there are um, there are hormones that are connected uh, from the gut um, to the brain. Right. And if those hormones are not working properly, those receptors aren't working properly or they're not being fed, then nothing else can change. So you have to fix the, re- the burnt out receptors. And that this is so true for men and women. Yes. And I think that the medical community has been slow to accept that hormones affect men just as much as they affect women. They are getting there and they have been over the last decade or so. But in the case of PTSD, I want to also mention that there's secondary PTS. So family members under normal Mm -hmm. stress levels end up with high cortisol levels, which people know as the quote stress hormone. Mm -hmm. But you mentioned adrenal fatigue and all of of these things. This is something that people don't understand that a, a simple blood test can really indicate a lot of these things that can then point to a path of treatment or management. And do you suggest that for people? Absolutely. You you don't know what you don't know. I mean, and I always say blood tests don't lie. Mm -hmm. So I always suggest to my clients, I do self-assessments. I have forms that I have clients fill out every, that, that, that really handle four address four um, hormone families, um, Mm -hmm. which include your gut, blood sugar, adrenals, uh, and and also thyroid. So usually in those four families, that's where people are going to have their problems. Okay. Mm -hmm. And then we do, um, we combine that with a blood test, a very thorough blood test, a specific um, that I ask for that will let me know where you're having hormone deficiencies, which are based on nutrition deficiencies. Mm -hmm. Right. Mm -hmm. Um, And then there's a big test that people never, ever get that no matter what you do, no matter what you do, if you don't fix this one, vitamin D, you'll never get well. You'll never, will never be able to address PTSD properly because vitamin D is actually a hormone and it's a receptor on every cell in your body, in your body for vitamin D. That's how important it is because it synthesizes and interacts with your other hormones. Now say that again slowly because I don't <laughs> think that people know that. You're saying that vitamin D is actually a hormone. It's actually a hormone. And so if you don't get enough vitamin D in your body, uh, and the, the, the importance of, of, of a certain hormone or vitamin is based on um, how, whether or not there's a receptor on your cell. So every cell has receptors for something. Um, and and, and um, for vitamin D, which again is actually a hormone, it has a receptor on every cell in your body. That's how important it is. So if you don't have enough vitamin D in your body, nothing else is going to work. If we don't have enough vitamin D, we can't, we can't um, hope to, to you know, fix your blood sugar dysregulation. We can't hope to fix your adrenal fatigue. We can't because all those hormones are, are um, synthesizing. They, they work together in mm-hmm. harmony and they need that vitamin D. Well, Tony, I think um, what you're speaking to um, is 
and I, again, we're, we're still in quotes from other places today, but <laughs> pretty much the issues are in the tissues. And yes. I wish I had created that, but in my um, yoga and meditation journey that I'm on, um, that has come up and I use that a lot. Mm-hmm. Um, I actually, one, I wanted to mention to you that one of the persons that's working with PTSD um, as it relates to the issues being in the tissues, as it relates to hormones, is Dr. Bessel van der Kolk, who I got to meet this past October at um, Omega with a bunch of yoga teachers, therapists, and wellness practitioners. And he was talking to a lot of the stuff that Tony and I actually um, live with in terms of PTSD, um, knowing about secondary PTS, as Linda uh, previously mm-hmm. mentioned. Mm-hmm. And what's interesting is everybody's quoting um, um, Brene Brown's new book, Rising Strong, um, which mm-hmm. I'm reading now. And I don't know if anyone's read it. She mentions um, Dr. Vanderkolt's work because it was it was tremendous as he's done a lot with um, uh, PTSD and working with the VA center since the 70s. Um, and I think that what Tony's um, talking about in terms of hormones hits right on the head. It's really about this manifestation of stress in the body, in the tissues, and all mm-hmm. of these different practices help to alleviate it. Yes. You can't just address a symptom, you know, because right. if you have high blood pressure, that's a symptom of a hormone imbalance. <laughs> okay. Right. If you have diabetes, that's a symptom of a hormone imbalance. Mm-hmm. If you can't lose weight, that's a symptom of a hormone imbalance. Yeah. But you know, you're, you're, we talk about this as though this is um, negative, but I would view this instead as extremely positive because Absolutely. what you're saying is if Absolutely. you can get a handle right. on, on what is wrong, mm-hmm. then you can really take large steps, small ones to begin with, and then growing steps to better health through a simple blood test that will identify where you need to begin. Well, and then you start from there. Would that be accurate to say? That is accurate, but I do want to, I do want to clarify this, that doctors, God bless them, are trained to look at blood tests just for chronic areas mm-hmm. so that they can drug it out or cut it out, right? Okay. Because that's what they do. And, mm-hmm. But um, someone who's trained, like myself, I look at the high normals and the low normals. Mm-hmm. I actually have a, a software where I'm specifically looking at um, nutrition deficiencies. I'm specifically looking at uh, what hormones are being impacted, what glands are being impacted. I'm specifically looking at um, uh, what, 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 even something as little as water is, is a nutrient where some mm-hmm. people have the blood, the blood will tell me that you're, you're not, you're hot, you're not hydrated enough. Mm-hmm. So doctors are, you know, they're docs in the box. They, they really got five minutes to work with you. And so they got to go for the big books. They got to go for the big area, um, which is what's chronic. What, what can I drug it out or cut it out with? And the other stuff, well, when it, when it becomes chronic, we'll deal with it. So. Do you think that there is a move toward more wellness awareness? I, I think that there are appearing more, um, alternative uh, and complementary therapies that are addressing what you're talking about. You're right. The medical system is a, is a, a pretty much regimented uh, affair where you learn this, this, and this, and then you apply A, B, C, or D. Right. Um, but I think there is a growing awareness in wellness alternatives and what you're talking about. Absolutely. And that's a good thing. Absolutely. So how would people get in touch with you, Tony? Oh. And how? where could they find out more information? I, I'd like to know that name of the book Pam mentioned again, but let's start with how would they um, learn more about your practice and, and what you have to offer in terms of awareness? Okay. They would go to my website, which is www.trueself, 
totalhealth.com. Mm-hmm. Okay. That's one word, trueselftotalhealth.com. And um, there, my, my webpage is full of information and upcoming classes that I have. Uh, but most importantly, there's a contact page where I'm offering people a free 20-minute consultation where we discuss potential imbalances in your body and, and how to go from there. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Good. Pam, you had a question? Um, no, but I just wanted to mention, I think you wanted me to uh, speak to the um, most recent book that Brene Brown did. And she's actually, I've seen her on Super Soul Sunday too, so I'll have a little plug in for that. But she did a um, speech there and she's got a new book called Rising Strong. Rising she talks Strong. About, um, uh, vulnerability. She talks about how um, compassion and all of these things manifest in the bodies. Tony's speaking from a place of, you know, good, better, best lifestyle changes. Mm-hmm. And Brene Brown is a researcher by trade. And so she brings her research in to talk about some of these things, basically the construct of the issues are in the tissues. So, I think that's terrific. I'd like yeah. to go back to the whole premise of our show. Tony, could you please give us some summary of how to have healthy changes that stick moving forward into 2016 and I would love it if you could also focus on the being kind to others and compassionate loving yourself those kinds of things because I think that that is also part of the picture okay so I'm going to go backwards to go forward so to make lifestyle changes that stick we already talked about doing things right versus doing the right things Mm mm-hmm we're going to take a good, better, best approach. We're going to focus on progress, not perfection. We're going to stay connected to the big, your vision or your big why. And then finally, which probably should be number one, you're going to always remain kind, compassionate, and loving to yourself on this beautiful journey of transformation that you're on. That, yes, will sometimes be uh, hard and difficult. But in that mess, and that chaos, it's also the opportunity for tremendous growth. Just don't judge yourself. Love yourself through this process. Things are just as they are. But be open to doing something different if something doesn't work. Don't judge yourself through this process. Enjoy it. And know that on the other end, you'll be where you want to be. I I love that. And I I think that it it really just underlines the fact that most people don't live their lives. They accept their lives. So what we're saying in this show today is embrace your life. Love yourself. Reach out, make some changes, and grow in the coming year. Because personal growth often comes through some of the more earnest, intentional acts that we take. But personal growth is something that if you involve yourself with on a lifelong basis, you become a far more interesting individual. And you begin to mentor others as well. So it has a lot of components to it. Thank you for listening to us. We are Military Network Radio, and we'll be back next week. Radio. You can find our show at our website, www.toginet.com forward slash military network radio. Also, www.militarynetworkradio.com and in iTunes under Military Network Radio. Join us next week when we bring you another program to enhance your.